Value Bet with Jonathan Hood is brought to you by DraftKings. Ladies and gentlemen, college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, new customers can bet just $5 in any team and get $200 in free bets instantly. Win or lose. You can also place the same game parlay for a shot an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team's going to get the win or which team's going to score first and more. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code WMVP. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code WMVP, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Indiana only. One Purdue customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Time for value bet. I know these players. I know this wonderful game called football. It's time for Value Bet. Oh, this is when the cream rises to the top. This is when things get up. The largest sports wagering angles you need to know. Stats, records, rankings, weather. If the goalpost is tilted just a little bit. Value Bet on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. Value Bet. This is America's premier sports information program. Here's Jonathan Hood. College football is back. Week one is here. What's up is Jay Hood. Oh, God. Here we go. College football. And we do value bet every college football season. You know why? Because, you know, your boy loves college football. And when I think college football and I think about the best bets for week one, I think about my guy from Memphis, Tennessee. I think about my guy Gary Seegers. From Winning Cures Everything, at Winning Cures on Twitter. He has a YouTube, he has a podcast. Look for Winning Cures Everything. He's going to give us the three best plays in college football. Week zero is just a taste. I got just a taste. A little Hawaii Vanderbilt action. A little Nebraska, a little Illinois. A little bit of uh, Northwestern winning their game against uh, Nebraska. It was really cool to just get a little bit of a taste of college football. But now we got some a really good slate for week one in college football. Here's Gary Seegers winning cures everything right here with me, Jay Hood, on Value Bets. Ah, uh, there he is. College football week one. Gary Seegers from Winning Cures Everything 
joins me here on Value Bet. You can follow at Winning Cures and, of course, the YouTube and the podcast. Look for Winning Cures Everything and also Bet US, the college football show. Gary joins us here this season here on ESPN Chicago. Gary, as always, I appreciate your time. Oh, and you know that I appreciate the opportunity. It's always a good time getting to talk to you. So the fact that we get to do this again for a loaded week one slate in 2022, I am uh, am thankful and I am excited. I'll um, start off the uh, program by accepting your virtual handshake over the last college football game of the season last year. I'll take your handshake. I'll take it. I will give you that most certainly. Okay, most th- certainly. thank you very much. As an Alabama guy that you are and a Georgia guy that I am, I appreciate the virtual handshake, which I did not get, by the way. Uh, crickets uh, after Georgia won the national championship. And by the way, you could have texted me and, and thanked me, especially based on a team that you didn't even like. You didn't even like Alabama last year. That's true. This is true. I, I will tell you this. Uh, we both got a championship out of the deal, yep. right? We, we got another one added to the SEC case. Yes. And you guys got the first national title in, what, 41 years, 42 years, however, Never however long it had been. Never mind. Uh, it, was, it was nice to, you know, maybe give one up every now and then and let you guys have a sniff of it. Uh, before we decide to take back the reins this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can die a happy man. My, I saw my team win a national championship. Old enough to remember it now. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult now seeing my team win. What a great season. Give us, give us the is, props. It was a great season. Oh, most certainly. It was a fantastic season. Uh, what I'm worried about is the fact that you were able to win that championship with you know, a very pedestrian-ish offense. You, you relied on Stetson Bennett. Does that mean that Kirby Smart is going to wait a little longer to modernize that offense? I mean, we'll see this year. I'm, I'm expecting big things, of course, because that roster is just loaded. But, yeah, I, I'm curious what it means for Kirby Smart going forward. Is he going to you know, push a little more against moving into a much more modern, explosive offense and just stick to what he's doing with the multiple tight ends and running the ball, et cetera, that – can obviously work when you have a loaded defense, but uh, but we'll see what it looks like this year. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't, don't expect uh, five wide uh, for a Georgia football team. Don't expect any time. Five, so. Do you have five wide? Oh, we have. That's five. That's five receivers on the roster. I don't know if they get the football. <laughs> We've lost so much. I'm not sure. I know there. I know there's five wide receivers on the roster, though. I know. At least I know that much. Um, uh, so uh, tell me this, Gary Seegers. Now, Labor Day weekend, week one, what is the best fare for for food? Now, of course, there's never an excuse to barbecue. You can, you can barbecue any time. But what do you think is the best food for week one? What should we do? Is Labor Day weekend and week one pretty good? Well, it, it is definitely not bad. I will tell you this. We did steaks last week for week zero. Mm. Uh, but for week one... I, I've got a Boston butt that I'm going to be smoking starting uh, tomorrow around uh, 4.30, 5 o'clock p.m., and uh, and it will be ready by Saturday morning at some point. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a good time, I think. So we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty pumped about this. Uh, but, yeah, you know, burgers and dogs and stuff like that, typical Labor Day, uh, full college football weekend because you don't want to be away from the television for too long. That's the biggest thing. So get all your cooking and what done early. And then just sit down and enjoy because I'm telling you, from kickoff of the first game 
all the way through Boise State and Oregon State, you know, kicking off at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, it's going to be a loaded slate. There are games that you do not want to miss at any point. Boy, you certainly were aggressive with the stake for uh, Vanderbilt, Hawaii. I didn't know. But you, 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 got, you were pretty aggressive with the stake. I thought that would be a week one uh, affair, but no. You went week no, zero with no, it. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, well, here was the deal. There were not a ton of you know fantastic games. I had North Texas and FAU on. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, North Texas and, uh, and UTEP. Yep. And, uh, and I was keeping an eye on FAU and Charlotte because I had big bets on both of those games. But uh, but it was games that you could get away from, go man the grill, go kind of do your thing, and come back in and check on the score and whatnot, and just kind of keep an eye on things without having to miss a whole lot, right? Uh, with the Boston butt, you do it the night before, and, and you're good to go. I love that. Yeah. And and by the way, you're the one, in the, and I want to let everyone know, Gary had the first half in North Carolina at that game last week. He knew that that was going to be a tight game in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> you said, you said. <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what I knew about that game. Uh-huh. Uh, I knew that North Carolina would not give a rip about that game uh-huh. at all. They they didn't care. They were trying all kinds. People that actually watched the game, uh, which I went back, I didn't watch all of it because, my gosh, it was really difficult to watch. Yeah. But, um, but I did go back and, and watch, you know, certain series and whatnot to see what happened. And, yeah, uh, they just looked like they could care less, like it was a scrimmage, like they were just going through the motions. So I, I don't know that it necessarily means a whole lot for their trip up to Boone this weekend, uh-huh. but, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I uh, I made the mistake in not going to Winning Cures to uh, get my thoughts on uh, on Vanderbilt in Hawaii, by the way. I, I kind of thought that Chang <laughs> could keep it close. It was nine, and I thought maybe Vanderbilt will have their tongues by their knees by the time they get to the fourth quarter. Time change. Uh, not the not the issue with Vandy against Hawaii, oh, no, no, no. not at all. <laughs> oh, I will tell you this, Hawaii. Man, uh, I don't know that they have an FBS roster. Like it, it wow. is, it is dire straits there because what Todd Graham left them was a crater uh, instead of an actual football program. And there is, there's just nothing there. They are all tiny and confused, and I mean, there's some players like that that can maybe do a few good things, but. My goodness, uh, they, they look like they're going to have a rough season. Mm. Okay, so we, you just dropped a little seed right there for our listeners here on Value Bet about Hawaii. So just keep our eyes on that. All right, so we always go through the uh, best three plays in college football. Again, it's just the best three that we have on the show, but you can always go to Gary for his show and his platform to find out more about other matchups in a stacked week one in college football. So we'll start here with, uh, in Fayetteville with Cincinnati against Arkansas. At, at our recording, I saw Arkansas as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the Hogs with Sam Pittman have been really solid. Nine wins last year. My question is, what are they? Uh, what is Luke Fickle doing at quarterback for Cincinnati? What do you think of the line when it first came out, and what do you think of the game? Well, and we still don't have a clue about what they're going to do at quarterback. A lot of the Cincinnati faithful believe that Evan Prater is the next guy up. He's the one that played behind Desmond Ritter last year. Uh, but the quarterback that came over from Eastern Michigan started at Cincinnati and had a big, big year last year. So, uh, you know, I think we'll just have to wait and see. I would imagine that both of them will probably play in the game. I'm very confused by this line. I mean, it's six and a half. It had jumped up to seven and a half at one point a couple of weeks ago. And now it's come back down to six and a half. But I, I'm telling you, Fayetteville is going to be rocking. And 
the numbers just don't seem to make sense to me. Yes, Cincinnati was good against weak competition last year, but we saw them in the playoffs against Alabama. And Alabama did not have a good offensive line. They did not have a good running game. And yet they put up over seven yards per carry and 300 and plus whatever yards. Uh, They could run at any point. They did whatever they wanted to do against Cincinnati in that defensive line. And now that defensive line is missing people, right? And you're, you're losing nine NFL guys from that Cincinnati roster. And Arkansas was the number seven rushing team in the country last year. And so this looks to me like it could end up being a double digit Arkansas win, but, uh, but I'm scared of the number, right? It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I'll give you a couple of numbers here. Arkansas six and zero against the spread in their last six in September. They are four and one against the spread in their last five non-conference games. Cincinnati, one and four against the spread in their last five on the road last season, but they are eight and three in their last eleven in the non-con. So, you know, there's a couple of trends that look like they favor Arkansas here. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is this thing's going down at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. You know, I, th- that crowd in Fayetteville is going to be absolutely raring to go. Like I, I like Arkansas quite a bit here. Uh, the reason why that we start off with this game is because of Cincinnati. For those who remember last year, uh, it was an easy bet for Gary and I. When we saw uh, Cincinnati-Notre Dame, and that was going to be the matchup in which uh, Cincinnati won 24-18, I believe it was, um, that, was gonna, that was an easy bet. There's no doubt that Cincinnati is going to march in there and beat Notre Dame. And so this is why we have this as our starting point. I will ask you this, though, as a sidebar. If Cincinnati has a problem with Arkansas, lose the game, and they run the table, how likely could it be that they could be in the the mix, Final Four, Final Eight? Uh, I don't know that it's likely uh, this Mm go-round, right? Because the schedule doesn't set up as easily. and I, I got to tell you, I just don't have a ton of faith that they can go undefeated this season because of how much they lost last year. This is this is what you call a developmental program right now. Mm-hmm. I, you have to wait until all those underclassmen reach a certain point. So every every two to three years, you can have a season like last season where everything aligns, the schedule aligns, everything is great. Uh, but this does not look to be one of those seasons for them, at least to me. Utah Utes, uh, a three-point favorite against Florida. This is the first SEC opponent that Utah has faced since <clears throat> Alabama in 2009. You recall that game, <laughs> don't you? Sugar Bowl of I some knew. sort? I uh, was there. Okay. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> You, uh, you do recall that, okay? You were oh, there, yeah. okay? I thought oh, yeah. you. No, I, I started drinking heavily at halftime. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it wasn't out of the ordinary in New Orleans, but yeah, that was that was a rough one. Uh, I believe what was the the quarterback's name for Utah at that point? Brian Jones, I believe so. I think it was. Yeah. So uh, Brian Johnson, I think that's it. Uh, but yeah, that was. I think that's still to this day the best Utah team that they have ever had because right. uh, they went undefeated and I mean they didn't get a sniff of a national championship, but. I think they could have competed that year. They were really, really good. Cam rising at the quarterback position for Utah. Tavion Thomas, uh, the running back. Their returning 14 starters are the Utes. On the other hand, it's Florida. Um, Here we are, Gary, with uh, Dan Mullen out, Bill Napier in uh, with 13 returning starters. How do you see this matchup? uh, It says Utah by three. What do you have? How, how How do the public money get to minus three? 
Well, it opened up Florida as a one-point favorite, jumped up to Florida minus two, minus two and a half at some books. Uh, yeah, you're right. At BetUS right now, it's over at uh, Utah as a three-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's even money to bet on Utah in that position. So uh, my, my question is, how much does the swamp matter, right? Uh, you got a 50 to 60% chance of scattered thunderstorms. Humidity is going to be 81%. Uh, Utah having the pressure of the entire Pac-12 on their back. Uh, this is a rough, rough spot. And on top of that, Whittingham has not started out seasons very well at all. Uh, they are 1-6 against the spread their last seven non-conference games, and they are 1-10 against the spread their last 11 in September. So they don't start off seasons well. Now they got to go on the road to a just foaming-at-the-mouth environment where everybody's excited about Billy Napier and the structure that he is bringing to Gainesville. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I mean, you want to talk about potential, and this is an offense that looks like it is tailor-made for him. I'm I'm curious. I will tell you, uh, so BetUS TV has a game show. Uh, it's kind of like a survivor contest, mm-hmm. and this was one of my picks. It's called Three Dog Thursday, and one of my picks on this was Florida plus the three. I, I think it is not out of the realm of possibilities that – Florida wins this game uh, because they're they're fully healthy right now. They don't have a ton of depth, but early in the season, that's not that big of a deal. It's once you get later in the season when you're playing Georgia and you know all these other Tennessee, everybody else, uh, that it ends up becoming a problem. And right now, like I, I think Florida is talent. We we've seen it. There's talent on that team. Sure. I just don't know that there was a ton of effort last year. So yeah, I, I like Florida plus the three here. It sounds like you're saying they quit on Dan Mullen. I am trying real hard to not use the Q word, yeah. but yeah, this team quit. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, I I think that's fair to say. Now, okay, so two things: one, are you are you saying that it might be too hot in the swamp for Utah to catch up? Uh, and the other thing is, is that from what I understand, over the last twenty four hours, it's a it's very difficult to move tickets in the swamp. It is it is not a sellout right now. Maybe time by the time we get to Saturday, maybe it will be Gary, but. Apparently it's a it's a hard ticket to move. A lot of people are not interested. Not out of the box for this one. They they will fill that place up. It will be perfectly fine. It, I know that there are some uh, stories out there right now, but from everything that I've heard from people close to Gainesville, uh, it's it's it may not be a sellout, but it's going to be full. And it's it, part of the reason again, fifty to sixty percent chance of uh, scattered thunderstorms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, there's some people that are maybe waiting that out a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, you know, thunderstorms, humidity, everything else, like that, that certainly to me plays into Florida's favor. You think it's too hot for Utah? I think that. Oh, I, yeah. You think? Oh, you do. I, I hope this is a one and one. Is Florida going out there to <laughs> Utah? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think I think Florida is going out to Utah uh, next year. If I'm not mistaken. Oh my God, no. <laughs> too, too too cold. Then it'd be too cold. See, that's how that's how that works. Um, so Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the champs, the Georgia Bulldogs take on Oregon. I have it here as a 16.5-point favorite for, uh, for Georgia. Um, uh, first of all, I'd look at them as being the tops in the East again. Um, I don't, people are telling me, hey, what, what if they go undefeated? I don't see undefeated for them this year. There's always going to be a hiccup every, every now and then. I don't expect Georgia to win the national championship this year also because you just got to replenish, especially on the offensive side of the football. This is also Dan Lanning and his first, uh, 
First game for the Ducks. So how do you read this game with Georgia being a 16.5-point favorite? I, I will tell you, it, so the line opened at 16 yeah. for Oregon. Uh, and then, of course, it, it's moved up just a It moved to 17 and then came back down. I think at one point it got up to 17.5, but it's been bet back down uh, to 16.5 now. And, you know, I, this is an interesting one to me, right? Uh, we saw Oregon just get thrashed by Utah. And Georgia is going to play uh, somewhat similar to the way that Utah played. Utah did not throw a bunch of deep bombs or anything like that. Uh, they used their tight ends, uh, Kincaid and, and uh, what's the other guy's name, Kuth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think when I look at this, Bo Nicks being the starter, which uh, they haven't announced it, but I think that's almost a guarantee from all the intel that you get from inside Eugene. Uh, I don't think that the talent gap is super wide here. You got a lot of fresh blood with Georgia, and I think that Oregon can hang with them at the line of scrimmage, but this does seem like one of those spots where if Georgia gets up early, I mean, they could just boa constrictor this thing, right? They, they could absolutely win by more than 17. Uh, if I have to choose a game or choose a side, I'm going to pick Oregon, uh, but I don't feel good about it. I just think that it's going to be low-scoring, and maybe we see a two touchdown win somewhere around there. You know, it maybe maybe thirty one to twenty, thirty one seventeen, something like that. Uh, it feels like seventeen is too many, uh, but at the same time, I mean, you could absolutely see a thirty to ten ball game. So I it wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past Georgia to be able to win this easily, uh, especially if it comes out and, and they are just significantly better on the line of scrimmage. Uh, but with all that fresh blood and everything, I'm. I'm going to lean towards the Ducks to at least keep this thing close. I'll tell you what they have to do. they got to make Stetson Bennett think. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if he gets ahead on those early downs, uh, he's going to have you know the game of his life. Like They're going to be calling all kind of stuff for him to throw middle of the field and everything to those tight ends. Uh, if you put him in a situation where he has to find a way to come back, that's when it could get a little squirrely because that's the Stetson Bennett you saw in the SEC title game. So, yeah, I, I would lean Oregon on the side. Uh, I definitely wouldn't pick Oregon to win the ball game, but uh, but I do think I would roll Oregon plus the sixteen and a half, uh, if only because I, I think it's low scoring and you know I, I figure maybe two touchdowns would be about right. Is there any value on the total for you? I kind of like the under fifty three. Me too. Um, I, I think you know, like I said, I don't expect a ton of points. I think that Georgia is is going to try and run the ball quite a bit. And I kind of think the same thing for Oregon. Dan Lanning, and, you know, I, I just think that he's he's going to want to not blow this thing open, right? It don't don't go three and out. Uh, don't get your defense winded. You know, that, that seems like the better course of action to stay in the ballgame. Okay, so I have a BetUS tease, teaser question for you. I'm asking for a pick. <laughs> But I, I do know that you have an opinion of Notre Dame and Ohio State. And so I could feel it from the south side of Chicago, the rumblings from South Bend about Freeman being the new head coach and just the optimism, the good feeling. And, and by the way, let's <laughs> say what you want about Notre Dame. And Brian Kelly said it in his last year uh, on the job. He said, I know what I am. I'm the best coach, one of the best coaches in Notre Dame history has never won a national championship. I mean, you go 10 and 3, 12 and 1, 11 and 2, 10 and 2, 11 and 2. Obviously, that's not good enough at Notre Dame. 
and so because you're not really in the mix for the national championship, you just you just don't have the talent to match up against either Big Ten or SEC foes. It's just it's just what it is. But could you just give me your thoughts on Notre Dame in their first ma- uh, first matchup with Freeman as their head coach against Ohio State? Any nugget that you can give us about that game? Well, I, I will tell you this: uh, losing the wide receiver Avery Davis was just massive right yeah. uh, he was a coach on the field for him uh had a bunch of experience at losing him and then the possibility that they could be without jared patterson who moved to left guard from center um that's pretty big because you know he's, he's been there for quite some time as well just fantastic offensive lineman i i'm really curious what this defense is going to do to slow down ohio state because ohio state's offense is almost unguardable now we saw michigan find a way to do it last year uh but michigan also did a lot of that by holding on to the football and just not giving them the opportunities i don't know that notre dame has the ability to run the football and keep it away from ohio state so they're gonna have to find a way to play defense quite a bit in this one on the other side you know jim Knowles coming over as the defense coordinator for ohio state you know he was uh, at oklahoma state last year it normally takes him a little bit of time to develop these guys into the scheme that he likes to run, but he's never been anywhere with the talent that he's got at Ohio State. And so I'm curious if you can take a guy that has been scheme first for a really long time and toss him into a place like Columbus and expect results immediately. Ryan Day has already said he, he expects to have a top 10 defense at the end of the year. And I guess, I mean, if I were paying a defensive coordinator $1.9 million a year, I would expect the same thing. But I, this looks like it's too much for Notre Dame initially. I mean, Marcus Freeman, regular season debut at his alma mater. I mean, that's just really rough. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, if Notre Dame found a way to keep this thing relatively close, it would have to be based off of turnovers and, and all kinds of other things. Because I don't think they've got the roster to keep up in this one. Like it, it would not shock me to see Ohio State just run them out of the stadium on Saturday. So that if I had to choose a side here, Ohio State minus 17, I, I think that's how I would go. Um, now, the numbers don't necessarily back that up as far as trends and whatnot. Sure. You know, Notre Dame 4-0 against the spread their last four on the road, 4-1-1 uh, and against the spread their last six against the Big Ten. But this Ohio State team looks like they got a chip on their shoulder, and – for this to be the first game, I have a feeling that they might take it all out on Saturday night. All right, tell people how they can get to your bet U.S. show and, of course, Winning Cures. Well, you go over to YouTube and you can search for the Bet U.S. College Football Show. Or the easier way to do this would be just to go to winningcureseverything.com or follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. I tweet out the links to everything, uh, anything you want to be involved with that you can find right there on the Twitter page. All right, ESPN Chicago, you support Gary because he supports us here on Value Bet. Winning cures everything. Gary Seegers, his best three plays, and also his rocking chair ponderings about Ohio State and Notre Dame. He just gave you a free one right there. But there's so much that you got to listen to with Gary when it comes to this full slate for week one. Support Gary at Winning Cures and, of course, Gary WCE. Uh, let them know that you've heard this right here on ESPN Chicago. Gary, as always, man, I appreciate it. Can I talk to you next week? Can I reach out to you with more of your rocking chair ponderings? You know that I am always here for you. So anytime you want to talk to me, 
I will answer the phone, my friend. They say that there are bad Alabama fans. I don't even say. I, I, I mean, this one here is a great one. At least I know one. <laughs> I got one. You found a non-biased one. <laughs> yes, 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 I did. Yes, I did. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, anytime. Ah, there he is, Gary Seegers, with us on Value Bet. You're a college football fan. You need to have the best bets against the number. Gary has done this for a long time, but winning cures everything. Hey, he supports me at ESPN Chicago all the way from Memphis. You support him. Just hit him up on Twitter. Ask him his thoughts or check out his content when it comes to college football. He covers it all. Uh, Non-Power 5, Power 5, everything else in between. I'm Jay Hood. Thanks so much for checking us out. And don't forget, Cap and Jay Hood mornings, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000. Download the ESPN Chicago app. Value Bet is back. Brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook.